once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you it will, as it did faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it is our dark and spooky Halloween edition of your favorite Star Wars comedy podcast. The official podcast of FakingStarWars.net This week, we have an interview with a longtime cosplayer, a spooky edition of Duel of the Fakes, a tweet of the week, maybe some listener mail if you're lucky, and a horrifying edition of Star Wars or not. You will pee your Padawan robes in fear by the end of today's episode. We also have some interviews with some very special guests, so please make sure to keep it tuned to Faking Star Wars Radio for the whole episode. We also have a warning on this episode of the podcast. It is our first PG-13 episode. We have an interview with the Instagram account holder Shitty Star Wars, who produces fantastic sketches but unfortunately his name is pg-13 so please do not be triggered by the profanity you will find during that interview in the studio with me today is ig69 back again how are you guys doing hey i'm doing good you know ig the word on the street is that t brontor may join us for part of this episode are you excited to meet him i am terrified yeah, you've only heard his voice, but never in person have you met. I'm exactly. a little worried. You know, you guys are kind of like matter and antimatter. If you if you meet, we may have a, a nuclear meltdown in the studio. Well, that would be uh, that would be awesome. At least we would get some more people to come and help us out, and they might have they might hear some of the podcast as they're trying to drag your charred remains out of the basement of our podcast studio. Well, and we do need hazmat suits. We do. Basically, anytime you open your mouth, I think I need hazmat suit. It's been a while since you've brushed your teeth, IG, and I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Well, that'll tie into one of our later segments. Okay, IG, that sound means it's time for another fantastic and spookifying tweet of the week. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. What's uh, what's on the Twitterverse this t- uh, this time? This tweet comes to us from Willie Bobo. Willie Bobo says, Harrison Ford wakes in cold sweat after nightmarish vision of Han Solo still being alive. That hmm. is terrifying. That Zombie is a Solo. terrifying thought of Han Solo still being alive, especially since he got stabbed through the heart with a lightsaber. Oh, and then fell down a giant pit into a planet that exploded it would be an interesting cross universe to blend star wars with the walking dead and have the walking solo i think it would be um walking solo that sounds like a sounds like a good series yes oh yeah it's kind of some double entendre there isn't it maybe maybe just him walking alone (laughs) right right because he has he has no people right he has no people yeah (laughs) dude you have no people (laughs) yeah uh zombie solo uh harrison ford coming back from the dead to play this character one more time i i would love that just just to see how pissed off harrison ford would be on camera right right 
Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> coming now. Let's go on to bring back Han Solo for the last episode. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, what if they funny. just had a framed photo of him in Episode Nine on the Millennium Falcon, you know? Ray gives no. it to Chewbacca as a gift. No, no, make it so that he was integrated into the Falcon system, and now he is the voice of the Falcon. <laughs> right, right. Well, like, it's funny, you know, uh, one of the criticisms of The Force Awakens was that at the end, Leia kind of, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, Lived? Oh, <laughs> oh my God! You're going to hell. No, uh, she snubbed Chewbacca, right? I mean, she uh, she comes off, you know, comes off realizing Han Solo is dead. Here comes Chewie. They, she kind of snubs him and doesn't give him a hug or anything, really. You know, oh. and yeah, that Chewie shouldn't have been in that shot. That was that was a mistake of the uh, like when the characters were walking off the ship. It wasn't Chewie wasn't supposed to be in the scene. Okay, yeah, but what I mean is it was a snub. I mean, Chewbacca got snubbed, and and Luke snubbed Chewie as well at the end of the Last Jedi. I mean, he made some holographic fake uh, trippy dice for Leia, but what did Chewie get? All he got was a new girlfriend and a pet porg. Well, I mean, all you can eat. Right? Yeah, yeah, the Kashiki and fried porg. A buffet of Kashiki and fried pork, twenty ninety nine. You know. So, uh, yeah, that that was all. That okay. That also kind of bugged me about the movie that um, I could see Luke not wanting to talk to Ray, but Chewie's just hanging out on the planet. You'd think they'd have uh, a chance to sit down and have a little heart to heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, Harrison Ford really hasn't done too much since The Force Awakens. Do you think he's done with cinema? Uh no, he's planning on doing Indiana Jones five. I tried to th- tried to forget about that, but now you've reminded me. Thank you so much about reminding yeah, me that. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a. Mm, oh my god. What what is uh, Kathleen Kennedy gonna? What's the angle she's gonna take with that if she ruins two Fantastic Properties by putting out a horrible Indiana Jones it, film? Again, you cannot make a good Indiana Jones five with Harrison unless he's in it for the very first 10 minutes and retires. What other series is more character-driven? I mean, it's 007 and Indiana Jones, right? I mean, you can't you can't recast yeah. Harrison Ford. No, no, you can recast Harrison Ford. Just the way they recast James Bond. You just can't have old Bond. You can't have Sean Connery playing James Bond now. I love Sean Connery as Bond, but you know what? You know, it was time for Roger Moore. Right, and right. It's time for Timothy Dalton. I mean, even people didn't like him, but you you can have you need new bonds. You need uh, you need you need new Indiana Jones is a serial adventure. You just cast someone like they did it with the solo movie. Well, that's an interesting thing. We're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, we've talked about that a little bit already. But um, yeah, I mean, Alden Ehrenreich. Did he do a good job? Would it have been better to just de-age Harrison Ford? No. You don't think so? He did a fine job, and and Harrison Ford is, like, he's very spotty as an actor, like whether or not he bothers to put any effort into it. And and he tries with Indiana Jones, and and he did a a decent send-off for Han Solo, but, um, I mean, did you watch Ender's Game or something like that where he just... Oh, he phoned it it in. Oh, it's awful. 
But that film was terrible, and that's young adult, and 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 it's really not a, an opportunity for an actor to shine. I mean, well, then don't take the role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think so he probably take took the it, money to do a good job, right? It was probably to get ready for the Force Awakens. You know, he'd been out of the sci-fi acting world for a while. That, that was years before, years and years and years. Yeah, well, it does take twenty six years to make these films. You know. Uh, anyway, I just uh, I would like to see um, Indiana Jones just recast. Who would you cast as Indiana Jones? You don't want to watch The Adventures of Grandpa. The Adventures of Dirty Grandpa. Sorry, Harrison yeah. Ford. <laughs> right. Oh God, it's um, he's he's not he can't be suave anymore. He can't be the ladies' man. He can't uh, do the action things. The, that's all Indiana Jones is. They could recast. They could recast uh, Harrison Ford in Star Wars as a uh, as an air traffic accident. Actually, I was thinking about going for that as Halloween, as a as a as an airline crash for Halloween. Well, I mean, you got the looks for it. <laughs> How many people have have successfully crashed an airplane three times and lived to tell about it? You know. So if he can do that, surely he can come back in Star Wars. <sighs> well, oh no, I mean him coming back in Star Wars again. I think it would just be funny, uh, but no, that's not happening. They gave him the ultimate uh, ultimate death. That's true. In the sense that he is super dead. <laughs> he's not well, mostly he dead. My God, out that she didn't get stabbed with a lightsaber. Yeah, well, they, there is some speculation. Phasma got out. A second time. Because she was in the next movie. Well, she got out in Force Awakens, but I don't think she got out in Last Jedi. No, she seemed pretty dead there. Yeah. That's sort of a curious thing in the modern era. You know, we didn't really ever have uh, that in the original Star Wars of this idea of are they dead or not? Yeah, no. No, I mean, I guess Obi-Wan, the Force Ghost kind of thing, because... But there's just no... kind of a voice in Luke's head that may or may not have been real. Yeah, but it's not like it's led. It's not a plot point. I mean, he gets killed, but then within seconds, he's he's telling Luke, "Run, Luke, run." It's not. There's no drama associated with it. Or no. yeah, no. It's he, just... he's, he's he's transcended the mortal realm, and now he's a vague ghost, and then a glowing ghost. Right, but now it just seems that you know the fans they they're just obsessed with this idea of characters coming back to life like like horrible zombie versions of their previous great selves. What do you suppose that's due to that people have become so obsessed with that zombie return of their classic I blame characters? I the uh, comic book movies because uh, in comic books, I mean, people like the superheroes die all the time and they always come back. Well, that's one of the reasons I don't typically go for comic books because I think it it means you can kind of do anything. There's no rules. Well, that's sort of a trademark of the Avengers things. Uh, no one actually dies. I mean, at the end of Avenger, uh, the last Avengers, the uh, the what was it, the Infinity Infinity Wars? I mean, most of them are dead, sort of, but you know yeah. they're coming back. I mean, I guess half of them get evaporated by Thanos, right? Yeah, at least uh, more, really. Um, half the universe gets evaporated, but uh, quite a bunch of the heroes do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, of course, once they defeat Thanos, they can just use those Infinity Stones to bring everyone back. So, you know, right. they're coming back because they have more movies to make. Like, Black Panther, they, 
he's not done with making movies. No. They're going to make three or four more of those. Spider-Man? They already have... he, can't, he can't go off Spider-Man. They already have a Spider-Man in the pipeline, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, although that might be set before uh, that movie, before the Infinity Wars came out, but he's definitely... Come, like, the, they rebooted him, and it was very successful, so they're not done with money. Well, did you see the, uh, the Ant... Man and the Wasp film. I have not. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was what you thought it would be. Um, but the final scene, spoilers, is uh, really tied into what happened and why he didn't appear in Infinity War. Ah, uh, okay. He was busy. Yeah, he was actually busy being stuck in the quantum realm. <laughs> Oh, is it, it will be funny if everyone ended up in the quantum realm. So he's just like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, right. That's where they go, right? When Thanos vaporizes you, that's where you go. Yeah, suddenly <laughs> half the universe is just hanging out in the quantum realm. Somehow I think that is actually what's going to happen. But anyway, we're talking about the wrong property here. Yes, uh, we are. So, yeah, um, a lot of things to think about uh, with Star Wars and Halloween and characters coming back to life. What other classic character would you like to see make a return, if in a more maniacal, monstrous way? Well, I, I've always, I always wanted to see uh, what happened, like because the original uh, with Boba Fett, because the original idea was he escaped the Sarlacc pit, but then they changed that and said no, he definitely died in the Sarlacc pit. Um, though, with the new uh, uh, Mandalorian series coming out, um, I'm, I'm glad that he's not going to be a part of that. Because I don't want to see old characters in that series. Well, I think that you know they spent a lot of time building up this villain, uh, you know, a lot of time and money on the character design, and then he was just in the one movie and then died, and you never got any of his backstory or anything. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Um, Snoke. No, the Rancor monster from uh, oh. Return of the Jedi. You never find out Snoke. how he turned evil or what his nutritional needs are, um, anything. Oh, um, perhaps, uh, we can have like a, like, um, oh, what, what do you, what do you call it? The, uh, reality show with, um, like a Star Wars big brother kind of thing with oh, Rancor. And, big uh, Rancor? Yeah. That'd be and, good. And they're all just hanging out in the house, eating each other. And I think he'd make a great roommate. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, He's a clean freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he has OCD. The, yeah, the Rancor monster has OCD. He takes 20 showers a day. <laughs> oh, my God. Great, great. All right, well, uh, if you have any tweets for us, hit me up at DuperStorm on Twitter or uh, Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars. We'll be sure to read them on the air next time. All right. Well, we we do have a special episode of the podcast. Um, We have two of our co-hosts with us in the studio. Uh, IG-69, our assassin droid of terror, um, and Teeb Rontor. Uh, IG, what are you dressing up as for Halloween this year? The same thing I dress up as every year, uh, Slave Leia. Okay. And a very sexy one, I must add, at that. Really brings out the shine in my uh, um, robotic bits. <laughs> Shiny robotic bits. That leaves me with a lot to think about. An image you will not unsee. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, uh, Teeb? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Um, I just had a uh, hollow wedding 
where I dressed up as Lone Star from a somewhat well-known Mel Brooks movie, Spaceballs, which is all about making fun of Star Wars. Brilliant. Now, was this your hollow wedding or somebody you knew? Well, I was there. Um, I was just pretty much like the eye candy, you know, dress uh-huh. up like Lone Star, show my medal, and it says I'm an actual prince. I'm a real prince. Uh, that was pretty prince. much my whole line. I'm a prince. I'm a prince. <laughs> I do. I do. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, that was it. So you uh, were the wonderful. one being hollow-witted? I was being hollow-witted, yes. And this is yes. your honeymoon appearing on Faking Star Wars Radio. Wow. That bodes well for your future. Ah, the things I do for you people. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, you know, Lone Star, uh, that's a fantastic parody. Of course, it's the preeminent uh, parody in the Star Wars universe. Um, but as Star Wars gets bigger and bigger, you know, there's all kinds of new properties, all kinds of new costumes. Um, myself, I personally like to dress up as Darth Vader um, using the actual plastic mask that you might have worn when you were a child so that it starts to cut into my face. By the end of the evening, there's just a pool of blood that I'm standing in crying over my candy corn. Well, as long as you get your food, though, I mean, it's trick-or-treat, so people are definitely going to give you food and get you the hell off of their uh, porch because right. they're terrified. Yeah. Most, uh, most people mean, try to get me off the porch as soon as they see me coming. Yeah, I mean, do you trick or treat? Because I mean, that that would get you shot where I'm I'm from. Well, luckily you're only four foot tall, Stormtrooper, so uh, you can blend in. Yeah, yeah. I I tend to I tend to try to find a attach myself to another group of children walking around and uh, ask them if I can trick or treat with them. Sometimes it works better than other times. Yeah, you definitely get shot in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, parents just don't seem to like it when uh when you approach a, their their children and ask if you can play with them as a stranger on Halloween. I don't know why. Yeah, they're they're crazy like that. Well, uh, one of the one of the good things we have to think about this fall, in lieu of uh, a Star Wars leaks for a new movie, um, is this new television show, which we did discuss a little bit last week with Darth Drivel himself. Uh, is the Star Wars uh, television live-action show um, The Mandalorian. Have you guys had some time to sort of absorb this news? And, it's, you know, what a great character for Halloween. The costume is so iconic. Um, everything about this show is really getting fans excited. What, what have you guys been thinking about? Well, I personally can't wait. Uh, John Favreau is, I think, one of the best directors in Hollywood. Uh, his acting... You know, he, he doesn't really act that much, but he, he's figured out that he's much better behind the camera uh, than in front of it. And if you watch how much he's grown since uh, uh, Zathora, if you ever watched the movie Zathora, I didn't re- realize that he actually directed that. And we watched that recently. Um, and he's very imaginative and he, he takes a lot of risks and things like that. Um, and he has a lot of fun with his movies. So I'm I'm really excited to see what he puts together with Mandalore, uh, with Mandalorian, but he also has to navigate the the fanboys. He has to navigate the crazies who are going to be worrying about every. You know, they're going to be dissecting everything that he does. My advice to him would be just to have fun with it and just completely ignore whatever anybody says and just make it the movie that you the 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 show that you would love to have had when you were a kid when you were thinking about Boba Fett. Hmm. flying around, not getting eaten by the Sarlacc. Well, I'm I'm going to recommend that he preemptively delete his Twitter account. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can only well, lead to trouble. You should, should make a fake Twitter account and then make that his real Twitter account and put on their parody and then confuse people and then let one of his interns run his actual Twitter account and just put up recipes for potato salad. Well, we have been in touch with him. Uh, we offer this service to many celebrities uh, of a fake, faking, faking satire, uh, social media presence, and he's expressed some interest in, in going with us. There's not many people that offer this service, so I think we're in line to uh, to do this for him. But doesn't he have to speak Russian? We have a – actually, you may not know this, but we have a very successful partnership with um, – uh, Rosetta Stone. We've worked with them before uh, on uh, Shirawook, and uh, Russian is very related to uh, to Shirawook, so it's really not going to be difficult. Uh, that if you know if that's the thing keeping him from from doing it, it's not going to be a problem. So I'll definitely let him know. I'll definitely let him know because I, th- I think he might actually have to do that <laughs> after after the Mandalorian comes out. Absolutely. What about that Boba Fett costume, you know, is do you think makes it such a Halloween favorite for young fans? Well, it just looks awesome. It has a jetpack, a rocket, a blaster. Um, at, like, the helmet is amazing. Uh, there's nothing uncool about that costume. You know, I had the original Boba Fett figure, but, of course, uh, the, the one that had the rocket that actually shot out with a spring... Mm-hmm. They they actually discontinued that very quickly, uh, and that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I never actually realized uh, until Return of the Jedi came out that it was a jetpack. I thought it was just a rocket. So did I. I was kind of bummed out when I found out that it was uh, they didn't shoot. Yeah. You know, I've never maybe he should have launched same. it into the damn Sarlacc as he was falling down. I mean, just like you know, just. That, that would have been handy, but it was actually just like a fuel pack or something. That is lame. It's like, who makes a fuel pack that looks like a trident or whatever, like a like an arrow, like a spear? That didn't well, make any sense to me. I'm not trying to contradict you, uh, T, but you're you're wrong about that. It's it's not that it was only a jetpack. It's that it was a jetpack and a rocket launcher. Because if you'll remember, in Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett actually shoots his rocket at Obi-Wan Kenobi on Kamino. But Boba Fett never does, so well, that's I think true. it was just like a. I think it was just like ornamental, like you know, like an homage to his his dad, who's not really his dad; it's his clone or whatever the hell. But yeah, okay, okay. Because obviously he didn't ever fire the damn thing, so you know it was just ornamental. It was just like for show. Just like, look, I got this cool rocket, and like, oh, I'll use it. <laughs> you better watch out. But then he never does. Well, maybe you should design his jetpack to not uh, to stand up to. Um... Like more than a poke with a stick. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been a good idea. That's a horrible yeah. design flaw. Yeah. When this gets hit with a stick, it careens you uh, every which way at a million miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most deadly bounty hunter in the world, as long as you don't have sticks on your planet. Blasters, <laughs> lightsabers, no problem. Oh, pointy stick. Yeah. What was that stick, by the way, that Han Solo used? I mean, that was a prop designed for Return of the Jedi, but I mean, was that a practical uh, spear or was that, I mean... It, it's like, um, it's got a blade on one end, so it's a bit like a halibird, and um, I think it's got like um, um, some sort of taser or something, so you can like stun people or slice yeah. them. It's like a yeah, guard it's a, stick. It's a shock stick, 
It's a shock stick with a with a, a an edge at the end. Yeah. I see. And uh, I mean, I'm sure you saw the photos of the uh, weapon that John Favreau posted for the Mandalorian, which is kind of that two-edged sword gun thing that originally appeared in the Star Wars Holiday Special. My favorite Star Wars Holiday Special of all time. I'll take your word for it. He still hasn't <laughs> watched it, it, IG. Can you believe it? You guys got to, like, give it to me. Send it to me. I have no idea how to get it. It's, what, on VHS? Uh, I have no, a better you chance. YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I downloaded it off uh, some site. I can't remember which one, but uh, I think um, most of it's on YouTube. You can watch it in installments, like go through different bits of it. It's uh, it's pretty awful, but um, you know, it's just got some interesting little Star Wars bits that uh, later became important. So yeah. I, I still I still enjoyed it. But then YouTube like tracks your your viewing history, right? So that would be on my permanent YouTube record that I watched that movie. If yes. that's special, in. yeah. But you get a badge saying you're the hardest core Star Wars fan if you actually get through it, like end to end. Yeah. One of these days, he'll probably try to use some of the audio from it. One, so I probably should get caught up on it. Oh, it definitely will. I mean, it's a it's a bizarre a bizarre show. Um, everyone should watch it once. I recommend a lot of whiskey for the experience, though, to get you through it. Oh, and a couple of Ireland, so that's good. It's less miserable if you're with a couple friends who can laugh at it. Yeah, I, don't I don't have, have any, any friends. friends. So... Do you guys know anyone who would yeah. like to be my friend? Uh, I, I believe um, the Better Call Boss kind of uh, a thing. Uh, he, you can rent Bosk as a friend. He'll come mm. to your house. He'll, he'll pretend to like you and maybe take you in for some bounty related issue <laughs> snuggle with you <laughs> boss right, gives the rock you to sleep <laughs> better call bosk uh, bosk is a nanny you know bosk shows up at your yeah. door to take care of your children oh uh, well we, we did that uh bosk uh our, our clip a few episodes ago yeah yeah <laughs> he does aromatherapy as well yeah, he's a very yeah, well, savvy, has, cool dude. Yeah, he has the gas bomb things. Oh, right. I forgot about those. Do you think Bosk will show up in The Mandalorian or any other bounty hunters from that scene in Empire, like Dengar? Okay, this is uh, what I need to know. What What's the timeline for Mandalorian? When does it take place? Uh, in between, I think, The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, but in a different part of the galaxy. Not between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens? Return of the Jedi, yeah. What Not, did I say? I said yes between You said The Force two. Awakens, and uh, so it's it's after Jedi. Yeah. It kind of explores the New Republic a little bit. Okay, well, that'll be, that'll be interesting. And um, so it's not, it's not Boba Fett. It, it's, uh, it's, it's a different group of Mandalorians doing their thing. Yeah, well, I hope they really completely know. drop the Fett line because they, they in my opinion, they, they screwed it up. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, making him a clone and all that is just kind of the the little blurb that that uh, he posted. John Favreau posted on Instagram mentions both Django and Boba Fett, uh, and and sort of you get the sense that this character is in their kind of heritage. Maybe he's in their clan because aren't they aren't they clans in uh, Mandalore? Yeah, I think well, so. Yeah, but I think like like they have different family members like. Right. families are part of the same clan 
tribes. They're tribes, really. I feel like, yeah. like they're almost like Native American tribes, the way you think about them. So I just hope that, like, that they're on the periphery of the series, that you don't see them all the time. Like, it's not, I don't want it to be the, it's the Fets. Meet the Fets. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the Fets. I'm over them, you know? Show me other Mandalore uh, characters. You can just do whatever you want to do with it at that point. You don't have to worry about, you know, uh, continuity or anything like that because th- this is a an interesting group of people within the Star Wars universe that you should be able to have a lot of fun with. Right. That's the thing, though. They're not good guys. They're not good guys by any stretch of the imagination. So it'll be interesting. They're not bad guys either, you know. Like, it's a whole planet. Like, it's a whole planet of people. It's a whole culture. There's good and bad factions within it. They're they're kind of a warrior group, but mm. um, they're not like and like bounty hunters aren't villains particularly. It's just that um, when the empire is the government, they work for um, uh, the government. So like they like the government puts out bounties, or private individuals put out bounties. So they they kind of work for whoever's putting bounties out on people. They like catch people, just some like some proper criminals and some uh, like resistance fighters. It depends who's paying them. They're kind of just mercenaries, right? Mercenaries. It's it, like if you watch um, Star Wars Rebels, though, they have an actual Mandalorian on their crew on the on the Ghost. Yeah. The Rebels do, and um, they actually have a couple of episodes that are dedicated to how she has to like navigate being a Mandalorian and how uh, you know she has to go back home and deal with some. Uh, issues. Are you talking about issues and stuff? You're talking about Sabine, the teenage bounty hunter, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Doesn't she have a romantic interest on the show? Oh. I think Ezra. Like, they've never never really developed that. No, because the you know the feminists got all upset about how oh she has to fall in love with the guy like that was a, a big problem or something like that because you can't have any romance you know you're about to go face the empire and be slaughtered the next day but the reality is that you don't have time for love or any kind of physical uh, you know comforts at all you basically just are running around and fighting for your life and you don't have time to be worrying about uh, you know matters of the heart. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I, I hope it's just a completely unrelated set of people set in the Star Wars universe because that's what we desperately need. Like for Star Wars is like when we have to keep when we're tied to these same characters from the original series, it it just limits what you can do. But it's a massive universe with interesting cultures and uh, great alien races. Mm-hmm. Um, cool monsters and awesome ships. So I'm hoping they just go completely um, making a, a brand new series with no relation to anyone. I just hope nobody steps in the poopy. Uh, Jar Jar Binks has to come back as like the wise mentor or something. Yeah. All right. Well, it will be interesting to see how things develop here in the next few months, and I hope you have your costumes ready. I, for one, uh, am planning on going as a Mandalore, going as someone dressed as IG-69, trying to preserve his dignity. That that went long ago. (laughs) Do all 
Well, IG and Teeb, either it's time for another duel of the fakes or I've eaten too many candy corn droids and the sugar's gone to my head. I know what you mean. I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but uh, that song, it's just not stopped playing in my head from the very first time we played Duel of the Fakes. Well, me anyway. It's freaking haunting me. It really is. Ah, yes. Uh, I forgot to mention that. So, um, basically, uh, as long as you've lost more duels than you've won, you're cursed to hear the uh, theme song over and over again. But correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Teeb or IG, I'm not sure, maybe both of you, uh, you only need one more win to be batting over 500. Is that right? That's right. That seems so great. let's do this already. Quit pounding Star Wars candy and serve up some stories. Okay, well, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Adagunga's most popular game, here's how Duel of the Fakes works. Um, I'll read three Star Wars news stories, which should all be fake. Uh, and this one's going to be a little different because we have two people playing. So it's going to be IG&T's job to think it through, talk about it together, and guess which one of them is a real story posing as a fake. It's a lot like uh, three trick-or-treaters at your door, but only two of them are actually in costumes. One of the little ghoulies is a real ghoul just pretending to be wearing a costume. Way to confuse everyone, Stormtrooper. Okay, so big spoiler, guys. Uh, This episode's Duel of the Fakes actually features three Halloween-related stories. Yes. Yeah. First up, a Florida man has once again erected... Ooh, man, whoever writes this stuff has a dirty mind. Has erected a two-story tall replica of the Death Star outside his home as part of his Halloween decor. Every year, hundreds of people stop by Jared Fisher's home to take pictures of the structure and add to a donation box outside. Over the last five years, the Kissimmee resident... Is that a... Is that how you say that? Kissimmee resident? has raised. Kissing me? Kissing me? You're killing me. You're killing me. I, I want to try to kill you. That's my goal in life. But uh, if I can do it accidentally and intentionally, then that's a, that's a twofer. The Kissing Me resident has raised nearly $5,000 for St. Jude's with his not-so-fully-armed and operational battle station made of wood, fiberglass, and hardened foam core. Here's story yeah, number yeah. two, which may or may not be fake. Hip-hop super producer Dr. Dre is a huge Star Wars fan. So much so that over the years, he's dressed up as a stormtrooper and Chewbacca for Halloween. This year is no different, with Dre planning to debut his Kylo Ren outfit during his annual Halloween bash at his Los Angeles home. Does he really have the nipples to pull that off? Ooh, I don't know. Those are some saucy nipples if I've ever seen any. Pepperoni. That's right. Um, you know, Kylo Ren, I, I'm not sure I could see Dr. Dre as a Kylo Ren. He's more of a Snoke, don't you think? I thought he goes Ren. Yeah, yeah, he's a trans <laughs> transvestite too. Okay, well, here's the third story for uh, IG and Teeb today. Up in Canada, in honor of Teeb, I guess, or in honor of IG, I guess, uh, the only Canadian assassin droid to have his own Star Wars comedy podcast, Up in Canada, this Star Wars Vancouver Center Halloween concert will feature vampires and zombies playing spooky Star Wars music in a neo-Gothic church. 
said to resemble Darth Vader's castle on Mustafar. The spectacular orchestra, made up of vampires, witches, zombies, and other creepy creatures, will also perform selections from the Phantom of the Opera, as well as some classic pieces by Bach. <laughs> so there you go. Is it the third story about the uh, performance in the neo-Gothic church that looks like Vader's castle? The second one about Dre, Dre, Dre Kylo Dre, uh, or the third, the first story about the guy who has the uh, giant um, uh, Death Star on his porch. So, like it's outside his house, not his porch. But so who talks first? You talk first, IG. I talk first. You talk first. You talk uh, first. You can talk first. Uh, um, I'll let you. I'll let you take a guess first. All right. Well, Doctor Dre. I know he's cool and all, but he's just not that super cool. I don't think. Um, and the Mustafar Castle. That seems like a bit of a stretch. But Florida Man. Anytime you say Florida Man, anything is possible. Like Florida Man, insert blank. Yes, that's my two cents. Florida Man wakes up early to take part in podcasts that has listenership of the number of people recording the podcast, for example? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> that story would never happen. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Keeb on this. Um, I, I'm going to guess that it's the, uh, the Halloween Death Star ornament. I mean, I'm thinking of... Vancouver churches, I don't think there's one that could pull that off. You're uh, actually originally from the Vancouver area. You were built in the Vancouver droid factories, right, IG? Yeah, something like that. So um, I'm, I'm just I'm not buying that one. And Dr. Dre is Kylo Ren. Like, again, I just don't see him as Kylo Ren. I don't think he'd choose that. It, it, I, he may or may not be a big Star Wars fan. I just don't think he'd go as kylo ren it doesn't really seem to fit hmm. like i hmm. can see him going as chewbacca or um who, who's the other uh character he went as stormtrooper oh, storm a storm yeah stormtrooper sure i mean yeah if, if you said darth vader i could kind of get that but um yeah, i don't know yeah I, i'm gonna have to I'll, I'll stay with the uh with the florida man with his uh two-story death star ornament that sounds that actually sounds pretty awesome is that what you both want to go with then? Unless you want to throw some some other kind of amazing twist at us that we don't well, know about. Well, lately we've been doing sort of the Monty Hall thing where I take away a choice and then I give you the opportunity to switch. I like that, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I am going to actually take away option number two, the Dr. Dre as Kylo Ren and Stormtrooper Chewbacca story. I'm going to tell you that that one is definitely fake. Um, some background on that. So Dr. Dre has never dressed up as a Star Wars character so far as faking Star Wars radio knows. Now, our reporters are on the job. Uh, it's possible what he does in the privacy of his own home we, we just aren't privy to. But in terms of his public image, we just have never seen any evidence of that. However, one legendary hip-hop uh, duo, Outkast, one half of them has done that. So rapper Big Boy, if you guys are familiar with Big Boy... He is actually the Stormtrooper uh, and Chewbacca fan uh, who dresses up in ho uh, full full gear for Halloween. So he's he's a massive fan. Big Boy is the man. Um, so you can go out there and support him because he supports Star Wars. So how, how do you spell that? Is it with 
an I, a Y. It's a B O I. You know, it's like it's like poi or uh, something. You know, like a Vietnamese sandwich. I think isn't there like a like what do they call the Vietnamese sandwich? Um, bon mai, come boy, boy bon mai, big boy, something like that. Anyway, big boy. Okay, but not like big boy the burger place. No, it's spelled differently. This is what you would call a homophone. So we'll take away number two. So you're left with number one about the Death Star, which you originally chose, or would you like to change to option three about the Mustafar Castle in Vancouver that is the setting of a spooky concert? Now, the, the castle in Vancouver, that's an existing church? According to the story, it is actually a neo-Gothic church that some say resembles Darth Vader's castle. That's right. Ah, um... I'm going to go with, um, statistically, you should always switch. But I'm going to go with, I've never seen a church that looks like Vader's Castle in Vancouver. In your so hometown. I'm going to go with a little personal knowledge on that one and go, okay. I'll stick with my original decision. I'm going to go with the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the, the Canadian droid here. <laughs> I, I've never led anyone astray. No, never, never. Well, you're an assassin droid, so I don't know if I can trust you yet. And you well, certainly we'll never demonstrated any ignorance whatsoever of your own surroundings. No, no, not at all. <laughs> well, uh, I have some bad news, gentlemen. That is the real story about the Mustafar Castle in Vancouver. Um, story number one is loosely uh, based on a true story, but this is actually fake. Um the, there is no one in Florida who has made a giant Death Star for Halloween. However, there is a family in Columbus, Ohio, that builds a life-size AT-AT walker in front of their home every year for Halloween. So they put an imperial flag above the walker, and it's nearly as tall as the family's house. And I'm sure the HOA loves that. Sorry, say that again? I'm sure the HOA loves that. Oh, right. They're homeowners association. Well, if this is Columbus, mm-hmm. they're, they're savages in Columbus, so I don't think they have any kind of civil associations of any kind there. <laughs> I think Florida needs to get its act together and build a Death Star. Yeah. Well, I, the, the reason I picked that is because Florida has, um, there's an area for Christmas that a guy does his entire house where people come from out of state to see this guy's house. It's just fantastic. Um, you know, with ornaments. I think it's like a Christmas town kind of thing, but it's just his house. And it's just uh, for years, even before it was really mainstream, this guy did this. So I could see somebody in Florida doing that. But then I started thinking that maybe Lucasfilm might come over and like, you know, with their lawyers and hatchets and like knock it down every time the guy tried to construct it. So. Right. Right. I just don't know. I, I, you got me. You got me. You did not All buy right. your two story. A Death Star model from Lego branded with Star Wars, so we're going to take it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's always a surprise, but uh, yes, it's true. Um, so this Mustafar Castle, IG, you'll have to make that uh, an appointment uh, on your next trip back to your droid factory. I, I'm going to look that up later and actually see what church they're talking about, because there's no neo-Gothic church in Vancouver. It's like there's like a concert hall da- near downtown that's uh, sort of gothic-esque, but it's not like Vader's Castle. Hmm. Hmm. It's it's like a small, pleasantly gray building with like a nice couple towers. I see. I see. I, I, I have no idea where this thing is. 
Well, you guys are definitely going to have the song bouncing through your head for a few more weeks now, I'm sorry to say. Oh. Yep. Loser, loser, loser. <laughs> That's a great song. Yeah. One of these days we gotta, we'll do one for you, Stormtrooper. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to play, you know. Definitely. I never lose, though. I, I know everything, so. Mm. Well, you have the answers in front of you. I like do Alex have the answers in front of me, that's true. I do. me today is the luscious, lovely, and intelligent um, Miss Nell Fox, who is a cosplayer, um, I think extraordinaire, uh, living in Korea. Is that correct? Yes, I live in Seoul. Oh, wonderful. And so could you tell us, uh, you know, I don't know how long you've been into cosplay, but could you tell us uh, how you got into it? What are your interests in that area? Um, well, I'm flattered that you think I'm an extraordinaire. Uh, I've only done, uh, been to two cons. I've been to Comic-Con in Korea, the first one, and now this new second one. They had us come back. Um, I've known about cons for a while. My husband used to do PR for Kineticon back when it was just little baby con, when, like, they'd only get, like, maybe a few hundred people coming, and now it's, like, I think it's close to, like, 20,000, 30,000. Wow, that's um, huge. Hmm? That's huge. Yeah, yeah. It, it got really big. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I I always wanted to go uh, when he was doing it, but it was I was always working, so I was unable to. So I was right. really excited when Comic-Con came here. Um, and I always wanted to do cosplay, but I didn't quite really know how, and I didn't know how to obtain the materials to do it. Mm -hmm. So... Luckily, my husband knows all about that. And um, our friend, we have a friend named Victor. Um, he's amazing. He's from Croatia, and he does cosplay. So when he and my husband met, because he was having, I think, a little bit of trouble finding a place to make things and materials, and my husband knew all about that part, and he knew the theory of cosplay. <laughs> wow. So when the three of us got together, <laughs> we kind of got to be, you know, make it happen. Um so yeah, uh, that's so it sounds like it sort of came involved. out of an organic thing with friends and community and your husband and his connections. Uh, and then you talked a little bit about the theory of cosplay. Can you let our fans know kind of what you're thinking? Because we're a very intellectual podcast. Uh, we have a reputation for being just sterling uh, in terms of our rigor and research. So we're interested in what the theory of cosplay is. Well, you know, the theory of making, I should have said, sorry, like he, he knows like, okay, so you need this type of foam and that type of, you know, sandpaper for all that fun stuff. And you should probably use a CNC cutter or, a you know, 3D printer. He, he knew all the technicalities of how it's supposed to work. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but he didn't quite uh, know where to find all of these things. And luckily, my husband knew all of that. So. Well, that's great. You've probably learned how to solve a lot of problems along the way. You know, as you're talking about the making process of it, I, I couldn't help but think of our episode that we did last week, which is kind of about the making of Star Wars and how they put the creatures together. And I have to think that there's there's kind of a connection, you know, between making movies and the costumes in movies and what you're doing in terms of, of cosplay and the costumes that you're creating. Do you, do you think that's true? 
Oh, yeah. We have to take steps here and there. They actually, they were talking about, uh, just last night, um, I was busy sewing a skirt for a Wonder Woman cosplay that they're making for someone. Um, And uh, my husband turned to uh, our friend and he was just like, you know, I think we got to make something that's our own. You know, maybe something that's like Witchblade inspired or something like that. I see. Um, yeah. And so they, they definitely want to try and create something there too, through like all of the processes that they learned while we were doing Metroid, while we were doing mercy from, from, uh, overwatch, um, while we were making pyramid head. Um, cause now that they've found the right materials, cause it's a lot of trial and error, right? <laughs> Mostly error. And, uh, well, that's something that we're not familiar with here on the podcast. Everything we've ever tried has been totally successful. So, you know, that's something I can't relate to. But I am interested <laughs> in terms of how you've come into this sort of, uh, you know, with no expectations, it sounds like. But now you're sort of into the culture a little bit and uh, it's kind of part of your identity, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's so much fun. It's really a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get to like combine it with burlesque on top of it. I see. Oh, yeah, I can imagine, uh, especially in Korea, you know, a country that's not exactly noted for self-expression. That must be interesting for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, it was fun when we were doing Comic-Con, uh, but there was definitely some moments where we're like, all right, nope, you got you to gotta tone that down. You cannot do splits wearing that in I front see. of the kitties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yeah. okay. Family friendly, right? To some yes, extent. Family friendly. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we get a lot of flack uh, um, from our fans because we're sort of a PG-13 related. uh, We're PG-13 on the podcast, but a lot of fans want us to drop a lot of profanity. But we kind of toe the Mm. line as well. And we say, you know, sorry, we're we're uh, we're not going to do that, even if it costs us millions of fans. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, um, so what's your latest cosplay project? What are you working on now? You said you did Metroid. Um, yeah, know, that we, was probably we, quite elaborate. Uh, so for Comic Con this year, we wanted to have two costumes, so we made Metroid and Pyramid Head. Um, Pyramid Head was my idea. Uh, and then my husband wanted to do something really iconic and classic, and uh, you know, something that, that's really empowering. He's like, you know, because you do burlesque, and that's supposed mm-hmm. to be empowering for women. And so he's like, I want to make something cool that's also empowering for women. So he was trying, but also iconic. So he was thinking through, and he's like, I can't think of anybody more like iconic or, you know, who could represent burlesque than, you know, Samus. <laughs> so fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, yes. we, we love to hear about women being empowered. Uh, you know, as you know, uh, star Wars has a reputation, um, for, uh, you know, in some people's minds, it has a reputation for, uh, empowering women, you know, with princess Leia as being a strong feminine character, even going as back as the seventies, uh, the head of Lucasfilm right now, Kathleen Kennedy is a strong, strong woman. But then on the other side, there's some people who kind of resist that and, uh, they want star Wars to sort of be a boys club. Um, you know, comment, have you, have you faced any sort of that kind of interaction in fandom between men and women, gender roles? Uh, how is that, uh, you know, sort of, been a part no, of your I, I I'm lucky I think over here you know the the weirdos that come all the way out to Korea and stay <laughs> they tend to be a little there's a reason they're out here you know? right they're, right they're they're a little more like embracing of that kind of stuff I think for the most part um like you know doing pyramid head as a woman was really fun and I I had so many people be like oh it's so cool that there's a chick doing pyramid head um <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun um I I have heard occasionally, so you know I've I've got my little Overwatch hat on, but like I I don't play Overwatch, 
I watched my husband play it. Um, I know the backstories of a lot of the characters. I love watching whenever they have a new one come out. Um, and I, and I love the game and I love the, the principles that it stands behind, but I had somebody like try and be like, you're not a real Overwatch fan. You're just, you're just trying to dress sexy like mercy for the attention Rern. Like, no i just the haters so right the haters it, doesn't mean i don't love the game you know i just i'm bad at video games and frankly i don't have time i work six days a week right well it kind of <laughs> reminds me of this uh the time when i was uh, five years old and my my little sister dug out a stormtrooper from the sandbox ca- and mm-hmm. covered in sand and she turned to me and she said you know uh Hey, Storm Duper, is this Darth Vader? And I snatched it out of her hands and said, no, that's a stormtrooper. And I was just so kind of offended, you know, that my sister had an interest in Star Wars. And, and I think uh, from that point on, I, I, you know, slowly learned over time that, that women are also part of this uh, fan community. Um, and, and I think a lot of men probably haven't realized that yet, even at the age of 70, sitting in their sofas eating pizza. So has that been your experience at all? Um, yeah, no, I've definitely, I, you know, I hate the term, um, fake, you know, fake nerds. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it it seems to mostly be used when, when discussing women from what I've experienced. Um, like, Oh, she's cute while she's playing a video game up. She must not be legit then or, or something like that. And it's just like, no, or yeah, sure. Maybe she does it so she can, you know, get paid on Twitch or whatever the hell, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't make her any less genuine about enjoying the game just because she's working the system well in her favor too. Yeah. I mean, to be smart, right. To make money. I mean, they're probably, to be fair, there probably are women who just do that to make money that don't have an interest in it. But I'm sure that for everyone that does that, there's 10 that actually are just genuinely interested in it. And so exactly. Yeah. People, people try to uh, put people in boxes. I mean, for example, for us, uh, we've had some fantastic interviews and people have tried to put us in the box of like, you know, a 60 Minutes or a 2020 Walter Cronkite style news. And we have resisted that as well. We are, you know, we are trying to cut across all lines and, and uh, not be defined in that way. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know I don't know how big a Star Wars fan you are. I mean, you've told me kind of face to face that you you know about Star Wars. Um, uh, so, uh, if you could do an extreme cosplay from the Star Wars universe, you know, money is no object at all. You know, uh, what what do you think mm-hmm. it would be? Um, I think I would try and probably do Boba Fett if okay. I if I had to pick one. Or please don't hate me if I get this wrong. There is a there's a titanium stormtrooper as well, right? Right. Well, about- uh, that's um yeah that's from the new tril- uh, new trilogy. Uh, she's called Captain Phasma, and yeah. yeah, she's she's a shiny titanium. That would be a great costume, I think. So I think part of the thing I I love what Star Wars has done uh, with film and what it stands for. Um, but I'm not necessarily a diehard fan, and one of the things that um, made me have a little trouble connecting to it, uh, was my, I just, the, the costumes, I couldn't really connect to them. I didn't find them as impressive as I did with other movies at that time that I was watching, sure. um, as a kid. Uh, so I think like, um, but I think that of the two, uh, two things that I did like, uh, if I had to pick something that was a little more on the intricate side or something a little bit less muted, um, was probably, yeah, Boba Fett, or um, now the titanium uh, 
Captain Phasma. Titanium Stormtrooper. That's the right, right. I'm supposed to call her that, right? Well, her name is Captain Phasma, I guess. Uh, Titanium Captain Stormtrooper Phasma. works for me. Uh, you know, we are we are fond of giving characters, uh, you know, other names uh, as as we uh, think about them. Uh, I. Yeah, I mean, Bo- Boba Fett is sort of iconic in that way, and especially now uh, with the release of the new Star Wars television show, The Mandalorian, next year. I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more opportunities for cosplay uh, with that kind of character design. Um, one of the uh, more contentious costumes in the Star Wars universe, at least, uh, in terms of cosplay, is the, uh, dare I say it, lest I trigger our whole audience, the Slave Leia uh, costume ah. as it has been known in the past. I can't remember the 29-syllable uh, politically correct term for it now offhand. I've had too much fermented blue milk tonight. But, um, <laughs> you know, the the Slave Leia costume for a long time uh, was sort of... Um, banal almost people would wear that costume to conferences with no problem uh but you know over the last few years especially i think with the me too movement and a lot of the problems in hollywood with uh you know the sexual abuse and and harassment of actresses people have definitely stepped forward and that costume is a no-go nowadays how do you feel about that um i think that's kind of silly to be honest like and i think that that's how you know how Leia felt like there was an interview where this, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, um, you know, there's this father and he, at some Q and a that she was at and he was like, how am I supposed to explain this inappropriate attire to my little girl who wants to play with this doll? And she said something along the lines of tell her a giant space worm made me wear it. And I didn't like it, so I killed him and took it off. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Like, it's just, that, that um, sounds like something Carrie Fisher would definitely say. I think I yeah, have heard that like, too. So, <laughs> yeah, she she Carrie Fisher just was like, get over it. Yeah, sometimes we look sexy. <laughs> like, right, right. Okay, right. so so there's been this, uh, uh, you know, Instagram channel in the last few weeks that's gotten a lot of traction on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's called Imriel Cosplay. Uh, we're hoping to actually have them on the podcast sometime soon. And basically, it's a couple. Uh, I think one of them, or maybe both of them, are photographers. And they are doing, shall we say, rather revealing uh, photos uh, where they are dressed up as Kylo Ren and Rey in fairly erotic poses. Have you seen this uh, Instagram channel? No, uh, no. This is the first time I've looked at it. I think it's kind of awesome, though. <laughs> now, how would you? Does this does this kind of uh, fall into cosplay? Do you think, or is this a little bit beyond what normal cosplayers might think of as cosplay? No, I I think it counts. I mean, they're 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 I mean, they're still making their own costumes, right? Right. I assume so. So, what are the critical parts of cosplay? I mean, in this case, I think they're doing something fairly you know intense and salacious to try to get some uh followers for sure but i think the images are well crafted um yeah you know i think it's still very tasteful just because something you know they're they're sexy doesn't necessarily mean trashy and sexy doesn't necessarily mean bad either and uh i mean especially like doing burlesque that means a lot to me like sex isn't bad <laughs> no 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 anything um, that makes me feel a little tingly down there it's time to eat pizza and forget about it thank you very much 
if that's how you feel, we don't shame. <laughs> what what is your main kind of thing that you look for with cosplay? Is it the is it the crafting of the costume? Is it the taking of photos? Is it the going to the conference and seeing other people? What for you is sort of the quintessential aspect of it? Uh, making. making. Uh, I just I really like making the costumes. Um, I mean, of course, a huge part of it is also, yeah, getting to walk around wearing that badass costume and having people go, whoa, that looks awesome. Uh-huh. Um, the, you know, especially when I get to wear a helmet. So, like, I get to just kind of hot because I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I learned like a few years back the term, you know, introverted extrovert. Like, yeah, sure, I'll go to a con or I'll do a burlesque show. But at the same time, it's my own controlled space. It's so. If you take me out of that element, then I'm like super shy and blah. I see. Um, doing that mask cosplay, it's great because I don't have to like do the social part that I'm not so good at. But I get to have fun walking around in it. Um, so, yeah, I think like a big part of it is the making of the costume. Um, I, know, uh, I know that a lot of people would say it's also being the character mm-hmm. um, once you don your armor, your costume, your your cloak um i just can't get out of my own headspace enough to really commit like that long term i, I can't if it's like for one act or something like that uh but so like you walking can kind around of, all day it's a little too extreme for m- my tastes you can kind of fake it but you can't really believe it is that kind of what you're saying yeah i always wanted to be one of those people that could right I just can't though <laughs> well you know uh, faking is an art all to its own and that's kind of what we're all about here on the podcast is is taking uh you know what we what we know and what we enjoy and, and making it a little bit lighthearted and a little bit more uh you know not so serious do you do you find that's a tension in in, in cosplay about some people maybe take it too seriously and suck the fun out of it as well luckily i haven't met any of those people that you know, I'll be like, oh, hey, Sam, at the con. They're like, no, I'm Darth Vader. It's not how you talk to me. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that becomes role play, right? That's almost a different different thing altogether, right? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so uh, you said earlier that you, you didn't really connect necessarily uh, with some of the costumes in, in the Star Wars universe, and I think I can see why. I mean, you're a very talented dancer, a singer, performer, a burlesque performer as well. You do a lot of different things, and you know some of those elements in are, are not really present in Star Wars per se. Um, but let's imagine that you uh, get the ear of J.J. Abrams. Uh, we have had him on the podcast numerous times, by the way. Um, so the next time he's on, I'll give him, uh, you know, whatever your recommendations are. He is directing Star Wars Episode Nine, which I'm sure you're aware of. Uh, so yeah. imagine that you get to sit down with him for a beer and uh, let him know what you'd like to see uh, costume-wise for the next film. Oh, God, geez, that's putting me on the spot. I have not had time to think on this. Um. (laughs) We like to do that to people to show them that we're more in control than they are. One of the things that I actually did like is that the women do tend to be covered up, but that doesn't take away from their character at all. Although I I could never take Leia's hair seriously. (laughs) Just I couldn't. Um, (laughs) But um, want some frosting with those cinnamon buns. (laughs) I know. Um, I always thought teddy bear whenever I saw it, little, little teddy bear. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that I did like was how intricate, like C3PO's stuff was. If they could mm-hmm. take that kind of those little, those little gears, those little peaks here and there of those tiny little details that, that make it look like something else or, you know, 
uh, her, you know, that sheen that was on her armor, that like having that kind of extra oomph to a char- a main character, like a human character's armor, I suppose is the right way to say. Right. Um, that I think would be re- especially if it was just, you know, another badass woman. Come on, please. Thank sure. you. We need more of them. <laughs> I'd say like that would be my my request is to to do something like that for um for a human character to put that kind of um intricate detail in. You know, uh it's it's been great to have you on and talk a little bit about cosplay and the costumes in in these kind of movies and 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 beyond even um going forward here uh for Halloween, do you have any plans for what you're going to dress up as uh this year? Sadly, no. Um Usually, I make it a point to take Halloween off. I see. <clears throat> okay. Mm-mm-mm. Well, if uh, fans are interested in what you're doing there in Korea, uh, you know you have a very di- you know very different life over there. I, I know, but uh, you know you're doing uh, burlesque, you're doing singing, you're doing cosplay, a whole lot of other interesting things. If if they want to find you, uh, how can they do that? Um, Nelwin dot m e is my website, and uh, that's n e l l w y n dot emmy um that'll send you to my facebook my instagram my modeling portfolio if you're a photographer who's interested in working together um you can also look me up on instagram uh sparkle dot fox so it's pretty easy (laughs) no interesting that's uh i don't know if you've seen the last jedi but the uh, sparkle foxes the crystal foxes played very important role in the end of that film I really liked them. They were so cute. <laughs> is that is that that? I literally s- turned to my husband and I was like, "It's lots of little me's." Now, well, how about that as a cosplay uh, idea? That would be incredible. That could be fun. It mm. might take a, a few years, though. I think they work very hard on those costumes for the for yeah, the foxes. Yeah, probably. So that and leaving a trail of glitter behind everywhere that I go is, you know, it might get annoying to piss off the convention hosts. (laughs) No, no, no. We should try harder to be obnoxious and to make their life difficult. That's what faking stars always do when we go to conferences. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much. Uh, Our fans really appreciate you coming on and uh, you're welcome back anytime. So thanks a lot now. Thank you. Well, IG, we have a very special guest today in the studio with us. Do you know who it is? Uh, I do not, Stormtrooper. Well, it's somebody who has been writing for uh, FakingStarWars.net uh, for a number of years, giving our listeners and readers fiendish advice. Kylo Ren? No, it is none other than the Dark Lord himself, Emperor of the entire galaxy, Sheev Palpatine. Oh, long time no see, Sheev. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he likes to kind of moonlight as an advice columnist, and so we've asked our listeners to write in with some questions about Halloween. All right. Great. Well, uh, go ahead, IG. Uh, Sheev only responds to things in a form of a question, so. Oh, so it's like Jeopardy. A little bit. Uh, all right. So, um, okay, well, we've got three questions uh, sent in by our uh, listeners here. Uh, so the first one is, Dear Emperor, I am trying to think of a good costume for this year, but I am worried about triggering fans. 
if I choose the wrong one? What costume can I choose that will be completely neutral and not affect anyone at all adversely? Signed, no offense. Dear no offense, the dark side clouds all. Did you ever hear the story of little Billy the wet noodle who tried to live his life in a bubble and not offend anyone? He died. He died a lonely, painful death. Don't be like Billy. Only then, at the end, will you understand. Halloween is about being offensive and evil. I suggest you dress up as Slave Leia, wearing rare rhino horn earrings and a fur hat made from the skin of Cecil the Lion. Okay, all right. Thanks, Sheev. Huh. What did you think of that, IG? Cecil the Lion. Uh, Do you remember who that is? Um, That was the lion that was killed by that dentist, right? Yeah, I didn't know Sheev knew about uh, endangered species in our world, but I guess he does. Yeah, I'm assuming he causes most of them. Right, right. What do you think about Slave Leia? Do you, do you find that uh, offensive for you? Does that trigger anything in you? Well, I don't know. Slave Leia with a fur hat, I think it kind of just ruins the effect of Slave Leia costumes. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I am triggered every time I see Slave Leia. I mean, even though uh, Carrie Fisher has now gone on to uh, be one with a force, uh, I still find myself Googling old pictures of her. All right. Dear Sheev, what kind of traps should I use to prevent children from trick-or-treating at my house? Signed, Stay Away. Dear, stay away. Your feeble skills are no match for the power of the dark side. Without joining the Emperor, you will have to live in fear of child invaders. Join me, and with our combined strength, we will destroy the happy-go-lucky trick-or-treaters that bother you so incessantly. I suggest a flaming moat and flesh-eating bacteria be released. The Imperial Labs will furnish you with the latest technological advancements when you join the Emperor. That sounds like sound advice. Yeah, Sheev's always ready with something. Uh, yeah, Imperial I Labs, I mean, uh, has, has that come up in any of the uh, books you've read about Star Wars, like uh, scientific development labs for the Emperor? Oh, sure. Like the Empire, the Empire had loads of uh, technological labs and uh, companies making uh, uh, like various weaponry. And like, just like any any world, like they have a, a military industrial pro uh, complex. Were there any weapons that were a little bit more sinister that we never actually saw other than like the Death Star and stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, the Death Star was obviously a big one. But like all of the TIE fighters came out of uh, 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 Darna. I forget actually the name of that company. Um but like yeah, each of the fighters, uh, all of the uh, the the walkers, the TATs, and that kind of stuff, all all had uh, companies that produced them. Interesting, huh? Yeah, great. Well, you got one more question for uh, for Sheev, I think today, right? Ig. Yeah, I was just gonna say like uh, personally, I would have just gone with Rancor Pit, you know, like that. Oh always yeah, works. yeah, it's simple, low tech. All right. Um. So anyway, the last question is, dear Palps. Any ideas for the Star Wars Halloween special? Signed, Lucasfilm. Dear hive of scum and villainy, 
The Emperor has been expecting you. I can feel your anger. There is only one way to appease the legions of nerds who are furious with you for destroying their dreams. <laughs> you must bring back B. Arthur. Only then can you strike down the social media rage of thousands of neckbeards in a single blow. Say it ain't so. B. Arthur, I.G.? Well, I suppose if there's a shovel, you can get her back. What is he even referring to? I'd assume the uh, the Star Wars uh, holiday special. But... Oh, right, that gem. Yeah. Yes, so I'm guessing uh, Lucasfilm wants to make a, a new Halloween special. They must be trying to go back to their roots and what really worked in the past. Hmm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I, I, would, I would love to see another B. Arthur uh, holiday special. That would be awesome. Well, thanks to our fans who wrote in with questions uh, for this Halloween edition of Ask Sheev. If you have more questions for the Dark Lord of the Sith himself, you can send them to me at DuperStorm or Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars, and we'll read them in the next episode. Had you ever talked to uh, Sheev Palpatine before, IG? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. This is uh, my first time with a Ask Sheev segment. I thought he was very pleasant. You know, he uh, I think he wears like a Calvin Klein cologne or something. Uh, the whole studio is just filled now with an insouciant, delicious smell. No, yeah, and uh, he forced lightning one of our interns. That was hilarious. Yeah, well, that he had it coming to him. So. Yeah, that coffee was not hot. All right, and we're back. Uh, I have a special warning. I don't want to trigger anybody out there in our listening audience, uh, but we have a very special guest. And up to now, uh, Faking Star Wars has been a PG child-friendly broadcast. However, just by necessity, we are going to have to slap a big old dangerous PG-13 on this episode because our guest comes to us uh, from Shitty Star Wars uh, on Instagram. That's your Instagram channel. Is that correct? That is. I am, I am the uh, overlord of Shitty Star Wars. Fantastic. Well, we just loved you so much. You know, we made a special exception to have you on because we don't want to be closed-minded. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm here. So uh, fans who may not follow you on Instagram, you have like 5,000 followers, I think, something ridiculous. Um, they may not know exactly what you're doing. Can you just kind of give us an overview of, uh, you know, what kind of art you're doing and how you got into it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Shitty Star Wars uh, is a kind of a side project that I started uh, a little over a year and a half ago. Um genesis of it was essentially i was uh at work and uh one of my one of my closest friends at work was a huge star wars fan um and every day i was leaving a little doodle at his desk of a star wars character um and you know uh, after a while he ended up having a stack of 20 or so of these and you know he hung them up in the office and he you know 
kind of encouraged me to, to create my own Instagram page. So uh, shitty Star Wars is the birth of me not being a great employee. Um, so <laughs> from there, the, the central concept of, the, of, you know, shitty Star Wars is uh, I'm an okay drawer and I'm not a great drawer and I've kind of uh, come to terms with that. Um, and also I'm an okay Star Wars fan and not a huge Star Wars fan and I'm okay with that too. So, uh, you know, so you sort of know your limitations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shitty Star Wars is me coming to grips with, uh, mediocrity in every sense of the manner. So, um, (laughs) it's, it's a fun experimentation. You know, I think a lot of, uh, fan art out there, regardless of, you know, whether it be Star Wars or, or the rings or Marvel, you know, most fan art that you see is really good. Um, and I don't think many people kind of shed light on, uh, the crappier side of, uh, you know, fan art out there. And I, uh, I felt like it was an unmet need, um, you know, in fandom. Possibly maybe even an unfelt need until people saw what you were doing and they realized how awesome it was, huh? Exactly. You know, you'll be, you'd be surprised how much you like shit until you see it. (laughs) that's great that's great well i mean it's sort of the uh the uh alcoholic version of pibber right i mean uh pbr beer has just such a special following even though it's sort of like a a blue collar basic beer it's not trying to be anything that it's not absolutely it's self-aware beer there you go well we here at the podcast uh just um embrace our mediocrity you know we just uh, revel in it so it's nice to have uh nice to have confirmation that we're not the only ones Absolutely. The more of us throw, the better, honestly. We're going to take over the world. So so what has been <laughs> your favorite shitty drawing that you've uh, produced so far? Oh, man. Honestly, I, I am a fan of my own work, and I know that sounds very bad, but I am. Uh, I think my original, the first one I ever did of, of a shitty Palpatine um, is definitely in the top five for me, um, just because it took maybe 30 seconds for me to draw uh didn't really have any effort into it uh but there's some kind of beauty uh in that as well because it just kind of encapsulates you know what shitty star wars is all about um if you know if you scroll to the very very bottom of my page you'll find that um oh by the way how can fans get to your page Uh, i gave them your instagram but uh what is your actual website um, so I have my, my Instagram is, uh, at shitty star Wars. And then, uh, my website is shitty star Wars dot big cartel.com. And, uh, there's a ton of merch on there. Um, if you want to get, you know, a t-shirt that has, uh, you know, me drawing, you know, uh, job of the hut all over the shirt, you can get that. You can get, um, you know, a droid from the prequel sipping wine on a throw pillow. You can get hats, you can get mugs. Um, I got a lot of, Really, really shitty and awesome stuff on there. Great. Well, uh, you know that job of the hut one is just fantastic. It uh, it reminds me a little bit of that under the giant brand. I can't remember uh, the name of that company. Uh, Obey. Yes, yes. So it has sort of like yes. a little bit of that feel, but it's just even more ostentatious. So, you know, I, I I like that a lot. I think that that would actually be a pretty awesome uh, hat. You know, you make that black and white and kind of put that. As like a fake obey. I actually really like that. Great, great. Well, if you do take on that idea, I'm afraid you're going to have to give Faking Star Wars Radio 1% of the proceeds now that we've talked about it. So <laughs> it, It's okay, yeah. I, I might have to. You're right. Great. Well, um, so 
one of the other things you do on your Instagram page is you caption most of your drawings. Um, now, do you draw like typically in terms of like your process? Do you actually draw something first uh, and then caption it, or sometimes do you end up with like a shitty caption and then draw the character to kind of go along with it? Like, what, what's your process with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's almost always been drawing first and then caption i think like you know some of my early ones uh the captions were actually handwritten into the picture um but i I think that you know as i as i was going on um it was easier for me to concept um captions after i already had a drawing than trying to come up with something witty before having something to write about you know what i mean sure sure so, I mean, is this skill that you have in terms of uh, creating this art and captions, is this something that yeah, that kind of came out of just a creative interest? Or do you have any professional skills or formal art training that you're drawing from in any way? Um, well, you know, growing up, I was a, I was a big drawer. Um, you know, I think my mom still has uh, a bunch of the books that I, I used to make as a kid um, that are pretty hilarious looking back on. But um you know, I always took art classes. I was never the best artist in the class, um, which is, you know, very on brand for shitty Star Wars. But, um, sure. yeah, I took art all the way through high school. Um, I was a writer um, through high school. Um, and then even in my professional life, you know, I, I do write a lot. Um, so I do, I do have a background in it, um, but I was never – you know, a super gifted artist by, by any means, but, uh, I at least had, um, you know, the majority of my life dedicated to at least pursuing it. But I mean, this isn't you moonlighting. I mean, you're not, you're not actually producing the cartoons and captions for like the New Yorker magazine or anything like that secretly, are you? No, 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 not at all. I mean, that would be pretty amazing if I was a yeah, I mean, we, we, we wouldn't tell anybody, you know, we'll keep it under wraps yeah. here. So there's only six people listen to this, you know, so. Yeah, well, I appreciate all six of you listening right now. Well, two of them, two of them are actually me. Just I did made a different Twitter account and a different iTunes account to write comments on my own <laughs> podcast. So, that's well, you what... know, after this, you'll you'll have seven because I'm sure that my mom's going to be listening to this as well. So, oh, very good. Is she? Is he? Does she? Does she have any shitty talents as well? What does she think of your shitty Star Wars abilities? I think my mom might be my, one of the biggest fans of shitty Star Wars, to be honest with you. I always get a text from her, uh, you know, when I post something new and she tells me how funny it is. You know, she, I think uh, actually my mom and my dad too, uh, they both kind of have a, a dark, twisted sense of humor, uh, mm. which I think comes through in a lot of, you know, my humor. Um, so, you know, I think they, they get a kick out of it as well. So they kind of passed on some shit of chlorians to you, I guess, to give you these abilities uh, and talents, huh? I think I got I got a little too much shit of chlorians. Uh, <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. So have you ever had any fans or other creators uh, that are in the Star Wars world? You mentioned some of the other fan art that, you know, I would agree with you, tends to be very high quality, very shiny, um, very kind of constructed for the cinematic elements of Star Wars. Have you ever, you know, had fans or creators react or criticize your work? Honestly, the the reception has been overwhelmingly positive Hmm. (laughs) of this account, which I – originally when i when i started this thing i I thought that um i was going to ruffle a lot of feathers uh in the star wars community 
Um, and I, I kind of we don't know anything about that. Cause... We've never had that problem here on the podcast of ruffling oh, feathers. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I I think uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of what I hear is you know like the people think it's great that I'm kind of poking fun at fandom, um, you know, to a certain extent. And I, I find it hilarious when anyone, regardless of, you know, how cool or how lame something might be, is so passionate about something. There, there is something kind of funny about being so passionate about, um, you know, things that we, you know, personally aren't really involved in. One um, of the ways know, loving I've... a franchise or loving a, an IP one of the ways we've sort of put it here on the podcast is that we love it too much to take it too seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That has created a lot of conflict and I'm sure you're aware of some of the um, flame wars that go on amongst fans uh, and debates between some people who hate Disney, love what Disney's done with star Wars. I mean, there's a lot of different age groups who either grew up with star Wars as children or have come into it later. Um, you know, you know, my, I myself grew up watching the original trilogy. I'm actually old enough. Uh, I actually wrote the original screenplays to the trilogy um, and saw them produced in my lifetime. Uh, so where are you in terms of uh, Star Wars fandom? Are you more of an OT person, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy fan? So uh, my, my exposure to Star Wars was in the uh, mid-90s when they did the, the re-release of the original trilogy and I, I saw it in theaters and as a kid I was fanatical about Star Wars like I, I had you know, tons of of the, the figurines and you know all the merch that came along with that and of course when the prequels came out I was all about it too um now you know me as a fan as an adult now uh I think the original trilogy is untouchable when it comes to any of it I think the <laughs> the prequels like there's some good ideas just buried in a lot of you know, poor execution, I think. Uh, and it, the the most recent movies, I've have a lot of mixed feelings about. Um, they certainly have provoked a lot of debate. Have you done? Have you found uh, more inspiration for your art in the prequel or sequel or OT? Uh, mostly in the OT. I, I do like to kind of span across all three because there is so much fodder out there for what. You know, I can I can draw inspiration from. Uh, I think the prequels, you know, especially if you're on Reddit, like prequel memes. I think that that is like a very uh, you know trotted area when it comes to satire. Low hanging um, so fruit. So it's not that I say. avoid that, but I, I also am aware that that's where you know a lot of people are are spending their time. Given the fact that people are so obsessive uh, about Star Wars, and you know, now I mean. People are not only fans of the movies, but they're fans of the people who have even been involved in the movies. Uh, you know, I know we're all thinking right now about John Williams, who is in the hospital. I haven't heard the latest updates on his health. Um, but thinking about some of the classic artists like Ralph McQuarrie or um, is it Doug Chang, I think, who is responsible for the design on the um, uh, prequel trilogy. Who are some of your favorite Star Wars artists? Uh, do you draw any inspiration from them or do you kind of try to... Uh, stay out of imbibing in what they produce um I, I try to stay out of it and, and to be completely honest with you you know from a, a fandom level um you know i i'm more of a you know a, a, a passive fan than i am an active fan you know i i don't really dive too deep on who made what and who shot this obviously 
you know, I do feel for John Williams. I do hope he's okay. I think he's an incredible composer. I'm also a huge music fan. So the music of Star Wars has always been incredible, uh, you know, up until maybe the last couple ones that Disney produced. I feel like the, the, the score of Star Wars is so iconic. Uh, you know, you could, you could mumble it to, you know, someone halfway around the world and they know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so I do hope that John Williams is doing okay. I think he's a fantastic artist. And um, obviously, I think that's a, a huge part of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. So since you're a little bit more of a passive fan, you like to eat your pizza and uh, stroke your neck, neck beard in private, I suppose. Um, we, we sort of are a little bit of both. Some of us are a little bit more secretive here at Faking Star Wars. Others of us are a little bit more outspoken. Um, besides Faking Star Wars, though, what are some of the other uh, Star Wars fan creators out there that you've been exposed to or that you've enjoyed? You know, this is, this is kind of my first foray into uh, <laughs> this entire realm. I think that you guys uh, obviously are some of my favorite people that I've met. Uh, through this community. And, and, you know, what's interesting is a lot of the people that um, I've been in contact with through uh, shitty Star Wars, a lot of them are aspiring musicians, they're aspiring filmmakers. I think that what I tapped into is, is not necessarily um, just Star Wars fans. I think there are a lot of people that, you know, identify and kind of connect with that, you know, I don't want to call it mediocrity, but, you know, that, that striving for pursuing a creative field um, and, try, and trying to make the best of, of the talents that you have and uh, seeing how far they can take you. So I, I think that that's been the most interesting thing of this whole thing um, is, is kind of seeing those kind of creators out there. Well, I think we can call a spade a spade. I mean, I can't tell you how many shitty musicians we've had on the podcast and other uh, people <laughs> trying to produce Star Wars content that are very, very shitty at what they're doing. So, um, I mean, yeah. I really appreciate you taking that extra step and just calling it what it is. Um, and and we tend to we tend to be fairly diplomatic, but really, when it comes down to it, I mean, we we all are pretty shitty at what we're doing. Um, I mean, I absolutely. Yeah. I am using a I'm using a Radio Shack uh, set of um, uh, walkie talkies actually to record this right now. So, and I'm using a gaming headset, so you know, we're on the same page, brother. Great, great. So, um, aside from just the Star Wars property, uh, you know, do you see yourself maybe shitting up any other iconic franchises in the future um, that you might be a fan of? You know, I've I've dabbled with this a lot. Um, like I said before, I think that fandom is hilarious, and I think that anyone that takes something too seriously is hilarious. Um, so, you know, I thought about doing um, last year. I was very very close to starting an account called uh, Shitty Potter and just doing you know horrible drawings of of the Harry Potter franchise. Um, I thought about doing Game of Thrones, they're just calling it just Game of Shit. Um, you you know? <laughs> or Game of Por Porcelain Throne. Game of Porcelain Throne, there you go. I think that, you know, I, if I do do something like that, I think I would open it up, um, you know, maybe call it Shitty Fandom and, and have it be a little bit more uh, broad than, than Shitty Star Wars. But uh, it's definitely something I've thought about. Very cool. Well, if we can assist you in any way in the future, please let us know. Uh, we are big fans. Absolutely. So, so 
um, one of the questions that uh, we always get uh, when when people uh, write in on Twitter is, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if you've seen my Twitter account, Storm Duper. Uh, that's at Duper Storm actually on Twitter. But um, I've gone back and forth with uh, Matt Martin, who you may know is involved in the Lucasfilm Story Group, and he recently got a tattoo of a pork. Um, I think on his leg, and I I couldn't be outdone by somebody at Lucasfilm, so I actually um, got uh, the Kylo Ren, you know, pectoral porg, uh, full full body uh, porg tattoos on each each uh, uh, peck. Do you have any uh, shitty Star Wars tattoos, or would you get one in the future? You know, I, I think uh, I don't have any right now. Um, I do have tattoos, but I think that. Uh, that's actually a pretty good idea. And, you know, I've, I've actually talked to uh, a couple friends of mine. I told them, you know, you can get a tattoo gun for 30 bucks on Amazon. I actually sent them a link. I was like, if you want me to come in there, do some tattoos for you, shitty ones, never done it before, um, but you never know. Great. You know, yeah, tattoo guns aren't expensive. So, I mean, uh, it's really simply a matter of getting some ink and going to town. You already have the drawings. So uh, if you'd be interested in working in the future on kind of a promotion for shitty Star Wars tattoos, I'd be happy to work with you on that. Absolutely. If you want me to give you some shitty Star Wars tattoos, too, like I'm, I'm not shy if you want, you know, left butt cheek, right butt cheek, great bottom of your foot, whatever you want to do. I mean, just as long as you've never tattooed before, like you're a total novice and you have no idea what you're doing, right? Absolutely. You know, you know where my, my drawing skill is. Just drop that down 60%, 70%, and that's probably where my tattoo skill is. So you're, you're basically the Ryan Johnson of shitty tattoo artists. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. You know, I, I'll, I'll even write a cheesy joke in there, too. Um, so thinking about Ryan Johnson and the new movies, uh, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about fandom now on social media is this idea of finding leaks. And I know you've got guys like Mike Zero and making making Star Wars, uh, making Star Wars uh, something. I can't remember the name of that site, but I think they find leaks uh, as well that are fake. Um, but uh, some people, uh, you know, have really gotten obsessed with this. And we actually at FakingStarWars.net are given uh, leaks very frequently. Um, they're usually just kind of scene descriptions. Um, do you think, uh, you know, in the future when we get these leaks, you'd be able to sketch them up in like a sufficiently shitty manner to throw people off? So, yeah, I mean, guess what I mean is so that they look shitty, they look fake, but then they're actually legit. So it's a little bit of like a switcheroo. And then when the film comes out, people are like, oh, my gosh, faking Star Wars was right all along, you know, and then they'll just shit themselves. Absolutely. As long as they shit themselves, I'm, I'm on board. Okay, great. Well, we have leaks coming in, uh, you know, almost every day. I mean, they're they're as common as pipe bombs are in the mail if you're a Democrat in, in America right now. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's see what happens. Uh, I would I would love to you know, be your courtroom artist uh, for, <laughs> you know, whatever leaks you might have. So uh, what advice could you give uh, aspiring people out there who aspire to be shitty and, uh, you know, who maybe have some drawing ability? What, what advice would you give to them to get started and, and really uh, craft an a identity and channel around their art? I, w- I would just say, uh, you know, 
don't try to be anyone else. I think it's an incredibly cliche thing to say. I want to kick my own ass for saying it, um, but it is true. Um, I'll do that you know, for I, you. I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that uh, why I've found some success here with shitty Star Wars is I know the, the stretch of my ability. I know when I stretch my ability, what that's going to look like. And for me, usually that's what I'm trying to draw people because they end up turning into these, you know, hills have eyes looking monsters. Um, but I, I, I would just say, you know, work on your craft. Obviously, I think, you know, practice with anything, you're going to get a lot better. Um, and, and there is something really nice about, you know, finding that comfort zone, understanding what your style is. And, you know, I don't think it takes a lot to be a shitty artist. Um, and you can put that on my on my tombstone. <laughs> Drawn shittily, I hope. <laughs> Please, yes, with a, with a ballpoint pen. It's my understanding that you possibly might have received a question on your Instagram uh, from Willie Bobo. Is that correct? Yes, he asked me, uh, do you outsource work to Napoleon Dynamite? Um, me and Napoleon go back, I don't know, well, well, about 10 years now. Um, I helped. I helped actually train him, believe it or not, as an artist. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, he does help me here and there. Um, I taught him everything that he knows from his fashion sense to the way that he woos women, his dance moves. Um, he learned a lot from me. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm honored that, you know, um, Bobo actually identified that connection. Yeah, well, he's a pretty keen, uh, a keen consumer of pop culture media. So he, you, it's very hard to put something over on on good old Willie. So yeah, I could so. tell. Great, great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell our fans out there? You know, uh, this is your first appearance. Uh, I hope this is something we can continue and we can collaborate on other projects in the future. You might be aware that we also have a T-shirt uh, site where we sell um, designs that we put together. They're very different from yours, um, but I think there's room for collaboration in the future. I would I would love to do more things with you guys. Well, we're happy to have you um, as, as a sort of friend of the site, for lack of a better term at this point. Um, but uh, is there anything you'd like to say to our fans out there who may not have heard of you, uh, how they can find you again, um, your different uh, uh, profiles out there in, in social media? Absolutely, yeah. If you want to check out my page, um, I'm at shitty underscore star underscore wars. Uh, at in, on Instagram, um, I do have my merch site as well, which is shittystarwars.bigcartel.com, uh, where you can find all my shitty merch. I like to call it uh, the shittiest shopping experience in the galaxy. Um, I think you will agree with me on that. Um, Are you going to have yeah, any shitty you know, sales I, I, before Christmas? You know, I, I will probably be doing a sale around Black Friday. So if you're, if you're looking to get some shitty merch for your friends, uh, that might be the time to do it. Very good. Very good. Okay. Um, well, uh, is there any any questions you have for for us here at Faking Star Wars? Uh, being somebody who's kind of uh, consumed our our media and come into uh, you know as a fan, but now is actually kind of collaborating or, or a part of uh, what we do here. Yeah, I mean, how do you guys feel? You know, uh, a big part of what I do is is you know poking fun at fandom, and I think you guys. You know, do a great job of that as well. How has your experience been um, with the Star Wars fan community? You know, over the years, of you guys 
um, working on this. Well, I've been hospitalized three times in the last six months. Um, I have, wow. uh, yeah, I have to pay a professional uh, security brigade basically to protect my house and uh, workplace 24 seven. Um, I'm telling you, man, uh, I've had fans throw pizza at my car. I've had fans throw pizza at my children. Um, I've had fans even try to suffocate my dog with pizza. Um, so it has been a pretty intense experience. We have made all kinds of enemies just by trying to be fun and silly. Uh, and, and then the times when we, we try to get serious, uh, people think we're hilarious. So basically, we've failed on all levels to engage our audience. Um, we've made all kinds of enemies. And we've produced nothing good for the universe. So That's incredible. But, you know, you're, you're, you are missing the silver lining in all this. What's that? And, and well, you, you talk about how, you know, people are constantly throwing pizza at you. But if, if I'm not mistaken, you're saying that you guys – staying completely off of pizza and blue milk so really maybe it's not a bad thing that they're trying to kill your dog with pizza and throwing pizza at you and your family because actually they're trying to feed you yeah you know i we try to tell ourselves that at times but i'm telling you there's you, you haven't known pain until somebody has slapped you in the face with an extra large uh pepperoni i i haven't experienced yet but you know now that you mention it i have seen a lot of people running after me with with boxes of pizza recently I mean, one of the one of the problems with doing a site like this is that everything you say gets taken out of context, um, and everyone everything you say also gets taken really, really personally. Um, you know, we've had uh, we've had people who actually even worked on the podcast, uh, or not on the podcast, but worked on the site, um, who just because uh, we, uh, you know didn't include um their specific uh you know background of alien creature that was their absolute favorite in one of our articles they actually left the site in tears that we didn't make fun of that particular alien they called us you know alienist and uh you know all kinds of problems so this is something that doesn't go away we're aware of it you know we do have some uh some uh, support some psychological counseling uh that we've taken as as part of our health plan that we offer to all our employees so that's been very helpful amazing well if you have any recommendations let me know great i mean it's an ongoing process you know navigating the intense uh basically excruciating world of being a fan of star wars especially uh the last movie was pretty excruciating Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I still find uh, I still find um, tears and, and, you know, dirty razor blades uh, from when I was trying to cut my wrist after seeing that movie for the 27th time in the theater. So I don't even have wrists anymore. They're just gone. I just have nubs. Well, that's why your drawings are so shitty. You're just clutching the pencil. So. Exactly. I have, I have a, a claw, actually, that I put the pen in and I draw with the claw. <laughs> very good well uh it's been such a pleasure having you on and uh i hope that we can uh get you back on the podcast soon so thanks a lot for your time thank you for having me well as our fans know halloween is right around the corner and that means candy and given how busy fans are watching all this new Star Wars content, it can sometimes be difficult to find time to practice proper dental hygiene. We here at Faking Star Wars Radio are advocates 
for proper dental hygiene. We work with the uh, Galactic Dental Association in uh, many projects trying to improve dental hygiene. And in light of that, we are going to interview Dr. Wilhelm Boba Freud, who is um, a psychologist and psychiatrist by trade, but also a hobbyist in the field of uh, Xena dentistry. Uh, Dr. Wilhelm Boba Freud, it's wonderful to have you back. Uh, how are you? Glad to be back, uh, Tom Dupa. How are you? Oh, very good. I'm looking forward to enjoying all that Star Wars holiday candy. Well, I have bought uh, three separate exhibits for you. Uh, yeah, dealing with the uh, various species of teeth that you can see in uh, Star Wars creatures. Now, uh, tell us again, Wilhelm, you are an expert in uh, xenodentistry, is that right? Well, I am an expert in, of course, uh, psychotherapy, but uh, my passion has always been xenodentistry. Interesting, interesting. Just a jack-of-all-trades. So tell us, you've brought in a few samples, I guess, of different species teeth for us to look at today? Oh, indeed, indeed. So uh, the first one here I should place before you. Hold on a second. All right. Oh, now, dear God, me. what's that? Well, if you will see before uh, me on this uh, fine cushion, uh, you have a set of uh, serrated teeth. What could those possibly now, belong to? Well, why don't you pick one up and uh, let me know what you think? Ugh, it, it feels slimy and, oh. Yes, but you will notice the, uh, the finely serrated edges. That's right, they're very prominent. Well, right, and you will notice the lack of variety. There are no cuspids or uh, bicuspids or anything. They are all very similar, much like a shark's teeth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, you, you didn't cut yourself, did you? No, no, fortunately uh, not. That is good, because they are coated with a deadly poison. Oh, so, dear. Oh, so you might so want to mention that to someone next time. Teeth. Yes, well, these are actually the teeth of a hut. A hut, like Jabba the Hut. Yes, actually, they are Jabba the Hut's teeth. Really? I didn't know he yes. had teeth. Oh, well, he, you see, he suffered from a rare gum disease uh, due to a lack of flossing. Is that right? Yeah, so he had to have all of his teeth removed, and I have obtained this fine set right now. So these are the actual teeth that were removed from Jabba Hutt before Return of the Jedi or A New Hope, I guess, were, were uh, filmed. Indeed, well, they look like the teeth of a shark. In fact, the Hutts are known on Tatooine as sand dolphins. When they walk about the land, their cumbersome slug-like body is um, quite inefficient. However, their natural habitat is actually below the sand dunes. They swim and leap and play much like the dolphins do, devouring all the myriad of creatures that walk the dunes. Interesting. Wow. So uh, has this been on display in a place like Hut World, for example, where you can play with the huts and watch them do tricks? Well, uh, Hut World was shut down after one of the huts accidentally leaped, played, and ate one of the customers. Uh, um, and the trainers, yes. I'm sure, I mean, it's a, probably a pretty dangerous job training the huts to do tricks for uh, for sand treats. They're very resistant to the training. Uh, mostly they try to dominate and rule the joint. Interesting, interesting. Wow. The things we didn't know, Dr. Wilhelm Boba Freud. Yes, well, um... And it's interesting like how much you can tell about a species from his teeth. 
Oh, indeed, yes, yes. Uh, would you like to see the next exhibit? I just can't wait. Okay, now first, before I show you this, I will need you to put on these protective goggles. Protective goggles? Whatever for? Uh, just trust me on this one, okay? They're not explosive teeth, are they? No, no, no. Otherwise, you would need some other sort of protective suit or a protective ball. Uh, just the goggles. All right, let me get them on here. And you can put your pants back on. It's, they are, you know. It's, okay. I have here contained in this case a Jawa skull. A Jawa skull. I've never seen one before. No, very few people have. Um, in fact, the Jawas mask their appearance uh, at almost all times. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Uh, yes and, the pro and, of course, the reason for this is the fact that the Jawas have the most brilliant smile in the galaxy. Do they really? You wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, indeed, it is quite astonishing. So, what all can right, you are tell you ready? Us? Yes, let's see it here. Okay, so I shall open the case now. Please stand back and prepare yourself. All right, opening now. Wow. Yes, yes, I thought you would uh, appreciate. It. Now, if you take, well, obviously, it is difficult to look directly into the teeth. But if you take a look, their radiant brilliance. Oh, it's um, like the sun. Exactly, yes. The radiant brilliance is a natural bioluminescence that um, can outshine even the brightest natural or artificial lights. That's amazing. comes in very mm -hmm. useful. Now, if you'll take a look, you'll see that the excellent care taken with these teeth, they've been brushed regularly and glossed. Notice the perfection. This junk trader really had a lot of time for his hygiene. Oh, the Jawas are well known for the dental hygiene. They they are a fastidious species. They they are they really are. Wow, wow. I mean, how much would a, a case uh, with teeth like this run? You know, on eBay, for example. Well, I don't know, but they could potentially solve the energy crisis. This is like coaxium, except just in dental form. Exactly. Yes. Who so, knew? okay, are you ready for the last exhibit? Boy, I don't know how we're going to possibly top that one, Dr. Wilhelm Boba Freud, but I am excited to see what you brought us. Now, underneath this cloth over here, I have two human skulls. Human? Yes. Well, you know, humans are in the galaxy, so no, they count. Okay. All right. They may be less exotic than you're used to. Now, I will uh, reveal them now. Uh you will notice standard human skulls, but take a look at the teeth. Interesting, interesting. They don't look quite like mine. Well, but do you notice that they are all cracked and broken? Yeah, what happened here? Uh, well, you see, these were two Starburn nerds who had a big disagreement over the uh, merits of The Last Jedi. Is that right? Yes, so indeed. did they try to solve yes. their dilemma through, uh, you know... Uh, a walnut eating competition without taking them out of the shells? No, I believe it was more a baseball bat and a lead pipe. Oh dear. Oh dear. Wow. Well I'm not sure how the argument ended or who won, but um this is uh this is the world we live in. Ugh, it's a harsh it's a harsh, cruel dental world out there. Oh indeed it is. Great. Well, Dr. Uh, Wilhelm Boba Freud, it has been wonderful having you. 
uh, on the uh, podcast. Thank you for bringing in your dental samples, and uh, we wish you a very happy Halloween. You too, made be spooktacular. Thank you. Uh, well, we do have time. I think, uh, Teeb, do you have time to play a second game with us today? Sure, absolutely. All right. Well, I think both of you have played this game once. Uh, this is a game of my own devising called Star Wars or Not. And what's going to happen is I am going to play, uh, I think we got six examples today. Um, I'm going to play six clips of audio for you. That may or may not be from the Star Wars saga films, or, I mean, we're, you know, I don't want to say just saga films. It could be some of the other films that Disney has created in the last few years. I'd even go so far as to say they could come from the animated series or other films, Um, but basically Star Wars properties. Um, If you can correctly identify whether they're a Star Wars property or not, you'll get a point. And if you can name exactly what property they come from, whether it's Star Wars or not, you'll get a bonus point. Pretty simple, right? Sure. Okay. Well, here's the first one. And uh, because this is our Halloween episode, every sound is kind of a spooky, weird sound. So if that gives you any help. All right. Here's the first one. Any guesses there? Well, last time with IG, you played some backwards. Yes. So have you slowed this down at all? No, I haven't altered this at all. This is the complete Ah. unadulterated recording. Okay. I'm going to go not Star Wars, and I know that from somewhere. Okay. I agree. I agree. But I've heard that before, but I'm really struggling to place it. So how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to play as a team, or do you want to kind of lock in your your, uh, answers first, and then we can compare scores at the end, and the loser can have to wash my feet? I like locking in. Okay. All right. So locking your votes. Teeb, Star Wars or not? I say no. IG? Yeah, also no. Okay. Well, you both have a point. That is not Star Wars. Any guesses where it might come from? Sounds like an uh, introduction from an old like 50s or 60s movie, like an old monster movie or, or alien UFO type movie. Yeah, yeah something like where like some spaceship is descending or something like that. I, uh, like I've heard that effect before. Like War of the Worlds, like the original. Those are those are all good guesses, but this actually this is a tough one to start out with. Um, have you ever heard of the German director Werner Herzog? Yes. Yes. Well, one of uh, my favorite films that he made is a documentary called Encounters at the End of the World, where he goes to Antarctica and explores um, down there. And this is actually the sound of them recording the seals and, and snow lions or whatever they are underneath the ice. And that's the noise they make as they're navigating through the uh, frigid frigid waters. Oh, yeah, the leopard seals. Oh, cool. Yeah, unearthly sounds there in Antarctica. Wow. Have you seen that movie, uh, Teeb? No, I thought I'd seen all his. No. Is it, no. You said it was a documentary, though? Yeah, it's one of his more recent documentaries, and I'm kind of obsessed with Antarctica as it is. So because I have such a cold heart, it's a natural fit for me. 
Um, and uh, yeah, this is a great documentary. I recommend it to anybody who has a lot of time on their hands. So not me. Sounds like a, a good idea. Yep. All right. Well, here's number two. All right. Uh, we'll ask IG to go first this time. What do you think, IG, on that one? Uh, I'm going to go with yes on that is Star Wars. Okay. Teeb? Can I hear it one more time? Sure. So IG said yes, Star Wars. How about you, Teeb? I'm a conformist, so I think I'll, I'll just go I'll go with IG on this one. Oh, you guys uh, are might so boring. I might mistaken, actually, in retrospect, but... Um... Could be. You want to change your vote, IG? Ah, uh, yes. That actually sounds like like a bit out of Jurassic Park or something. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna so change. So I, I, I am because I was thinking, oh, Rancor Pit or something, but then there's something wrong with the um the the growling and and the sort of sound of people getting like killed or something like that that's on there. Okay. Well, IG. Uh, you're down by one point now because that Whoa. is from Star Wars movie. Congratulations, Teeb. Uh, for a chance to get a bonus point, any idea what scene or movie it's from? I was thinking, I was listening to the music and I couldn't place the music. Um, I would say Return of the Jedi, though. I have to guess. Return of the Jedi. Okay. It's not Return of the Jedi, so you don't get the bonus point. Sorry. Okay. Uh, it is the scene in the uh, Imperial cargo ship where uh um sorry where han and chewy and ray and finn are trying to escape the dreaded wrath tars oh yeah yeah you're and you're hearing the sound of han throwing one of the members of kanji club into the wrath tars mouth well he was hungry so. he was very hungry i thought the wrath tars were cute they probably start oh. off cute did you know that those monsters were ent- entirely practical, 100% practical? They actually went to uh, Beijing, China to get some Rathtars uh, direct from the zoo there that they've been breeding successfully for many years. Well, I always heard that Rathtars didn't breed in captivity, so that's really that's fascinating. Well, mm. anything's possible in China, mm. except ah, for a successful okay. Star Wars movie. <laughs> so, yes. All right. Number three, are you ready? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we know that one. <laughs> okay, so Star Wars, right? No. <laughs> yeah, also I'm going to go with no on that. <laughs> okay, well, you're both correct. It's not a Star Wars movie. Um, would you like to venture a guess at what it is? There's no guess. It's T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, Jurassic Park, definitely. All right, very good. So the score is Teeb with four and uh, IG with three. It's a close game here with a few left to go. Yeah, you know, that. Uh, I was reading a little bit about how they produced that sound, and the sound engineer on uh, Jurassic Park said they actually tried to make the, the uh, T-Rex uh, bull cry a little bit higher pitched than you might otherwise expect because they said that there was some kind of you know, cognitive dissonance of seeing this gigantic beast with a little bit of a higher pitched noise. So, I thought they were going for the Godzilla screech. Yeah, I think it evokes that. 
So, all right, here's the next one. Not much to work with there. Hmm. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think that's Star Wars. I have a specific scene in mind. Yeah, I'm playing the game. I'm playing the game, so I'll say I think it's Star Wars 2. You guys are correct. So the score is 5 to 4. That is from Star Wars movie. Any guesses? Uh, lock in your decision now so you're not influenced. All right. Well, I- I'm going to go with uh, Dagobah. Dagobah. I'm gonna go with the uh, trash monster. The um, yes, yeah, yes, the other one. Gargalog or Dianoga. Dianoga. Yeah, the one I mispronounced last time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the D I Nagar. Uh, whatever. Got the yeah. R at the end there. Yeah. Was like, hey, there's no well, R there. That's just bad writing. I'm sorry, guys. Lies, deceptions. I G N T will not know the truth. That is the sound of Borgullet getting ready to suck the um, brain out of, um, uh, what's his name? Do you remember? The pilot. Yes. Yeah, uh, from um, uh, Rogue One. From yes. Rogue One. Apu. Yeah. Apu. Body, body, ro- body uh, Rook. Yes. Yep. So uh, that's one of my favorite scenes in Rogue One because it's just so out there and so different from the rest of the movie. Um, you know, and... Uh, the sound effects are really cool as well. So, yeah. Has anyone uh, has anyone dressed up as uh, Borgullet uh, for Halloween or possibly for some erotic fantasies? My ex-wife. All right. Oh, oh there you go. Nice. Not intentionally. Nice. Now, now, did she also uh, suck? Did you also lose your mind as a result of that, Teeb? That's the only damn thing I have left. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, we do offer attorney uh, services on the podcast. Better call Mall. So, if you are in need of that, just give us a, you know, give us a, some details under, you know, after recording the podcast, we'll try to help you out there. He's half the man he used to be, so I'm good. <laughs> and right. now he's more of a machine. Yeah. Yes. Here's the next one. <laughs> you one more, more time. time. Yeah, yeah, it was really short. It was short. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm trying to avoid giving it away by playing too long a clip here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Star Wars. I'm going to go with not Star Wars. Okay, well, we have an even tie now at five points because that is not from a Star Wars film. Congratulations, IG. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll give you a chance to guess what movie it might be from. God, I I don't know. It, it could be like any slasher flick or... You're on the right track. I have a guess. Go ahead. Um, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. No, actually, this is from the Kiefer, Sullivan, Su- Kiefer Sutherland classic horror film, Tremors. Oh! Yes, this is the scene oh. where uh, he coaxes the you know, te- Tremor monster into shooting itself off of a cliff. Was, Kie- was Kiefer Sutherland in that? Wasn't that no. Kevin Bacon? Pardon? Wasn't that Kevin Bacon? I'm sorry, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Did I say Keeper Sutherland? You, you <laughs> yeah. very painfully said Keeper wow, Sutherland. I'm, I'm exposing my ignorance. I'm making it utterly clear that I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen them all, so I'm, I'm just saying that. <laughs> like, right, the Keeper Sutherland Tremor. Tremor's <laughs> I kind of want to see that one now. I really want to see Trevor's that version. Yeah, well, you know, 
you know, we are interviewing the guy who's responsible for the derp thick, so I could ask him to do that as his next project. Um, yes, him talk yeah, him, there so. you go. Put him in, put him in Tremors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin Bacon, uh, classic scene, of course, where the uh, Tremor monster goes off the cliff. I thought you guys might go for the Jabba the Hutt death scene with that. Listen to it one more time. You can hear how similar they are. No, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> It was that high pitched squeal that made me think that it probably wasn't, but yeah. 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 There's like too much screaming at the same time to be the, like, um, like the rancor scene. Right. Right. Okay. We got time for one more, I think. One more. One more. Not Star Wars. Okay. IG? Um, I'm going to go, that is Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Teeb, you're correct. You're now in the lead six to five. That is not a Star Wars film. Do you have a guess about what it comes from? Oh, God. <laughs> it seemed a bit obvious there. It sounded like lightsabers, but... Yeah. At the end, it switched, though. At the end, there was a definitive, like, kind of almost like a Superman kind of poppy music that you wouldn't expect from John Williams. But what is it? Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely, can I say it's definitely sci-fi? You know, that's an interesting question. Hard, hard actually to decide if it was sci-fi or fantasy. Yeah, I guess it's loosely sci-fi. Loosely sci-fi. Now that just makes it even more confusing. Well, this movie was hopelessly confused when it came out in 1987. Not the last Starfighter. No, it's not. It's actually He-Man with Dolph oh, Lundgren. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. I just I just watched Masters of the Universe uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Yes, they 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 used a lot of Star Wars uh, kind of ripoff stuff for it. Yes, they did. And uh, actually, this is the scene kind of near the end where Dolph Lundgren is saving uh, Julie from some of these uh, masters of the universe that have invaded our reality. That's why I was kind of balking at being sci-fi, because masters of the universe I would not call sci-fi. But then they made a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it was almost like it was almost sci-fi when they marked like the beginning, the very beginning and end scenes are like very sci-fi and then the middle is just them running around um like <laughs> escape like, new york freaking high school um it's uh can i ask ig um are you on your medication what were you doing watching this film seriously i was uh over at a mutual friend of ours place watching bad movies okay uh, well, well that was a good one qualifies. to watch yeah. that you should have watched super mario brothers too i mean if you're that much of a glutton for punishment we we uh we watched um Theodore Rex. Um we we're all like half in the bag fans, so we uh we picked up a bunch of uh their suggestions and oh my god, that, that movie was horrible. <laughs> Can uh, you name the actress who played Julie? This may come as a surprise to you. Oh, it's the um oh god, Courtney Fox. I'll be yes, there you're right. You. I'll be there for you, Courtney. I had no idea she looked that good. That's as... the only reason to watch that movie. That right. is the only <laughs> reason 
in the world to watch that movie. <laughs> you can watch it through fast forward. You know what I mean? It's like there she is. There she yep. is. Yep. Okay, now I'm done. That that's the whole movie. It's terrible. There's really no reason to watch that movie. It's but it, the beginning and end. They nearly. If they had had, um, I mean, it was a canon film, so um, like, <laughs> not a huge budget and not known for great quality. But if they had, uh, if they had kept the beginning and the end kind of and, and done the middle like that, it, which I'm sure they didn't have the budget for, it, it actually would have been quite good. Huh. Mm -hmm. huh. Well, I don't think I'm going to watch it uh, anytime soon. But well, uh, the score is six to five, which means Teeb, uh, Ig has to wash and suck your toes. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, I live in Florida, but I'm not into that. I'm good, man. You're, you're <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> well, we do have a bonus question for you. This one uh, will be worth a million points. So uh, are you ready? Uh -huh. Sure. Okay, here it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something from... Uh... From like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, it's Star Wars with a laugh track, but I don't know what the <laughs> hell that's. It's definitely the prequel. Uh. So oh uh, wait, I, no, I it's not the prequel. Let me, Let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. I see what you did. You sneak. That's a tauntaun. <laughs> It is a Tauntaun, but it's not from a Star Wars movie. Isn't it what? from uh, one of the uh, Star Wars um, like uh, TV specials? Not not the holiday special, but... No, it's from like a, a talk show. A talk show? Yeah. talk show? This oh, is like the Letterman? legendary Saturday Night Live actor Bill Hader on the Conan O'Brien show doing his impression of a, die, of a dying Tauntaun. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Many people don't know that Bill Hader actually was involved in the creation of BB-8's voice. Yeah, he was one of BB-8's, yeah. And he's a massive, massive Star Wars fan, so I thought I'd pull that one out for you. Uh, definitely a creepy noise, but maybe in a little bit more of a lighthearted way. So I swear, I thought it was Urkel at first, though. <laughs> Especially with the laugh track. And then I was like, now I think I won't be able to unknow that Urkel sounds like a Tauntaun, or that Tauntauns sound like an Urkel. An Urkel? Yeah. Well, oh, it was man. a lot of fun. Uh, what's your favorite a creepy noise in the Star Wars universe? Minox. Ah, good one. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I heard that, like, you know, like, if I, if I was just sitting out here on my porch with my shotgun, and I, I heard that, I'd be like, hello, <laughs> time to go kill some Minox, because that would scare the crap out of you. Let's face it, 3 o'clock in the morning, you heard that noise? Because that would just scare the poodoo out of you. Cool. What about you, IG? Which creepy noise from Star Wars would you uh, put on repeat in your in your well, living I would say quarters? The sound of Gungans, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> what what sound does a Gungan make? A racist one. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's for uh -huh. sure. That is maybe oh, the scariest man. sound in the universe. So, <laughs> very good. All right, guys, thanks for playing. And, uh, you know, if this is successful, we're actually going to release the home version in a few weeks. So awesome. Yeah.
Well, IG, what a great Halloween episode. You know, this is our first Halloween episode we've done. And hopefully our last. Yes, well, uh, that will be the case if we don't get any new new listeners, possibly. So tell the fans where they can find us. You can find us at Faking uh, Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram and at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Faking Star Wars. And as always, you can follow me at DuperStorm. Um, if you are a Patreon supporter, you can support us on Patreon as low as a dollar a month uh, at the Padawan level. And we are always creating new prizes for that. So please don't hesitate. Um, we are giving away some great stuff for the Patreon. So, If you want to submit a question for us on Twitter, use the hashtag... FSW Radio, and we'll read it in the next episode. You can also get fantastic Faking Star Wars t-shirts and other gear on tteepublic.com slash user slash Faking Star Wars. You can find a great selection of t-shirts available uh, all sizes and shapes and colors at reasonable prices. Unless your name is Uwe Boll, in which case, it's free. As always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for fantastic Star Wars comedy, parody, satire, and relationship advice. Thanks to you and all our followers for listening. May the Halloween foe be with you. See you next time.